Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Cause I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 124 of the Greenlight Podcast, POC E-Phrase. And on this episode, I think we're joined by the Cinderella man himself. If there is a Cinderella man in college basketball right now, it is Coleman Crawley. Coleman, welcome to the Greenlight, man. We're excited that you're here. Thank you all very much for having me. Excited to be on talking about this journey. Um, I mean, we're going to get into the fact that you're at a follower's house right now, but that's going to come later in the episode. Uh, let, yes. Let's let's start at the beginning um, okay. with, with the video that kind of started it all. We, we Ian actually sent it to me when you recorded it. And he was he basically just said, this is an awesome idea. Like, this is great. And so, you know, you you announced that you're going to travel the country. You're trying to find the Cinderella before the ball like. Talk to us about how this all came about. Like, what was the motivation to start this? Right. I'll try to be as brief as possible with explaining this. But um, I think you have to go back to uh, kind of Barstool Sports had been the original motivation. Um, I kind of fell in love with them back in May of 2019. I'm also a golfer as well. So I was watching them just get ridiculous access at Bethpage. Um, and then from there, I started following Dave, Big Cat, everybody else. And I was like, man. I love what these guys are doing different than, you know, an ESPN or a television network where they can be genuinely themselves, honest, transparent, uh, straightforward. And so I love diving in, consuming their content. Well, fast forward to when COVID hits, um, I had been doing bracketology, basically trying to be like Joe Lunardi, predict what um, the selection committee, what 68 teams will be in the field where they'll be seated. Well, 2020, I do all that work all season for the bracketology, and then we aren't going to get a tournament. So instead of just letting it go to waste, I decided, screw it. I'm going to record a selection show, see if anybody likes it. So I recorded this two-hour, basically, selection show going through my mock 68 teams and who I think would win that tournament as if we had a tournament, just as a way to pass the time during COVID. I mean, I wasn't doing anything. So um, got a bunch of great response from that, like, hey, this is something you should pursue. So for two years, I recorded a podcast off and on, would post my games, my picks or whatever. But I soon started to realize I'm not going to get noticed unless I do something really adventurous. So I started to think I've got to start thinking, like, what would I do if I was working for Barstool? And this was the idea that I came up with. I, um, you know, I saw a link posted that was the average attendance from every school, Division One college basketball school last year. I clicked on that, and I was baffled by how many teams averaged less than 1,000 people in attendance. And I, then I'm going down, I'm like, whoa, these are some pretty good teams. And I get to St. Peter's, they averaged 526 people at their home games last year and went to the Elite Eight. Syracuse averaged 17,000 in the Carrier Dome, didn't make the NCAA tournament. So I was like, okay, I can get to these small and mid-major games. A high level of basketball is being played. It's just unnoticed. And I can get great access behind the goals, behind the benches of these teams. And then essentially, I'm just going to be myself. I love basketball. You throw in betting with it. I'm going to you know, be cheering for my cover and then see if over 
over you know the course of two full hours of a game surely i can get two minutes of good content um and people seem to have been responding very well to it so i really appreciate that that's kind of the story (laughs) so then talk to let's break down this the the betting side of it like how did you even begin like talk to us about your process how are you choosing where to go what teams to watch like what what does that all look like so that is a combination there are some days that are very easy i consider those saturday and thursday to pick a game because there are just so many days going on there are other days monday and friday that are very difficult there's only a few games and they're happening you know in a specific area typically the northeast so i um basically made myself a binder That's the average attendance of every school um, that's kind of on my list. And then an Atlas map for every single day now until Selection Sunday of with a highlight on the city of where games will be played. So it's a combination of needing to be in an area where I can drive to a game the next day. And then when I have my choice, I'm going to teams that I think, you know, could be Cinderella, should win their conference tournament or be a favorite. And if they do, I think win a game or two, make a run in the tournament. So a combination of availability and then when I get my preference, I'm going to choose the teams that I think are, are up at the top. That's huge. I mean, what <laughs> and before I go even deeper, I'm curious, looking into it, has it been what you expected it to be? What have been kind of the surprises along the way thus far? What um, I, I know you meant being surprised at just the general attendance, but um right. what has been the biggest surprise for you so far in terms of your expectations going into it for, for these first uh these first weeks um to your point it's or to your question sorry yes there have been surprises no there haven't some things have been exactly if i've expected and then others have stunned me the hospitality of everyone that when i tell them what i'm doing even when because early on my thought process was I have to go to these lowly attended games because I don't, I, I got to I'm trying to do this for two and a half months. I need to do this as cheap as possible. So I need to go to these cheap games yet still get great seats in cheap games. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to get a lot of flack for cheering very loudly for the road team at these home games, <laughs> but people have just been ridiculously impressed with the journey to where they're kind. Nonetheless, like I go to St. Bonaventure, George Mason, for example, I'm not kidding. I was probably one of four Patriot fans, four Patriot fans. <laughs> They're cheering for St. Bonaventure. And you know St. Bonaventure supports their basketball. Thank goodness students weren't there at least. And then a lady behind me just taps me on the shoulder, asks me about the journey. I tell her, or ask me what I'm doing, and I tell her about the journey. And it, she just ate it up. And so rather than being rude to me, you know, oh, you're cheering for the road team, be quiet, whatever, people have been ridiculously kind Um, And have just wanted to talk to me about the journey. That's been the biggest surprise. I thought I was going to have a little bit more pushback because you hear it on the videos and I'm pretty loud, you know, borderline obnoxious, I think you could say. (laughs) So um, it's it's been very surprising in a great way how nice everyone's been. That's absolutely awesome. And for those that did say so taking it back, I guess, about a week ago, um, first off, I think we're both Paul and I believers in the concept of a poke in the universe, eventually it's going to answer you. And you you really stayed, <laughs> wanted to work at Barstool. Um, and the next thing you know, you're in the office, get thrown into the yak. They're spinning the wheel. The wheel is just to go get employed. 
first, I guess, how surreal of an experience was that? Were you expecting A, to hop into live content and B, to have a wheel being spun to potentially help propel you to, to get the job that all of this is really being built up for? No. So I'll take you a little bit through that journey. I'm um, like you were saying, you know, I, I think universe, God, whatever rewards you for, um, I, I guess, intentions and then relentless pursuit. Right. And so I um, knew in my mind, I just got to wedge my foot in the door somehow, some way. And once I get it in there, then I'm not going to quit until I get it. And so this past about six months ago, my wife had a vacation trip up or sorry, not a vacation, a work trip up in New York that I took two vacation days for waited outside headquarters for somebody to walk down. Big cat does. I chase him down, ask if he needs a personal college basketball handicapper, tell him I want a job eventually. I don't want it yet, but I'm going to prove myself to you. Um, And so then fast forward, I had done this journey for two weeks. I was like, okay, I put together a pretty good body of work. I just wanted five minutes of Big Cat's time to just be like, hey, is this something you think is a good idea? Is there potential here? Where do you need improvement scene? Um, And just get some coaching. And then he says, hey, do you want to give a three minute elevator pitch on the yak in in my DM, (laughs) knowing that I'm downstairs? And I'm like, absolutely, I do. So I call my wife, talk to her about it. Of course, I'm a little bit nervous. You know, she's calming me down. But then I just kind of stop and think to myself, I'm like, I cannot be nervous. I have to capitalize on this opportunity. So I've been so busy. I almost haven't even been able to like take it in that. Oh man, I, you know, I was on a podcast with big cat or, or, you know, and all those great talented personalities at Barstool. Um, Just because I almost had to pretend like I belonged in order to perform uh, to my, to the highest level, I guess, of what I wanted to do to where I haven't even really been able to take it in. But I feel like when this journey's done, Selection Sunday, and I sit back and I look at the cities I've gone and the things I've done, I think that's when it'll probably hit me more. I just seriously don't have the time to stop and think. I just try to appreciate the now as much as I can when I'm in the moment. <laughs> I love it, man. That that video was... I think you did a fantastic job. You certainly uh fit right in and then once that thing landed on hired that was when you, the truth uh, came out. yeah i didn't even get to that i was just like oh my gosh I, I i wasn't wanting to get too ahead of myself because i did hear big cat some people didn't but i did <laughs> hear him you know in that this has got to go through date first this yeah, doesn't no mean doubt. this is hired yeah. hired so I, I was like trying to somewhat subdue my reaction but i couldn't because <laughs> everyone else around me was freaking out so it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> so tell me this. What's it like um, having beef with an employee that uh, at a place you don't even work at yet? How did this happen, yes. bro? How do you have beef already? Dude, I know. And I'm I'm the kind of person that I, I will be nothing but nice to you and I will initiate the niceness. But I'm also competitive as can be. And if you disrespect me for what I feel like is no reason... I'm going to fight back. I'm not just going to, you know, bow down or whatever uh, or back down or whatever. So I've also seen Nadu write the playbook before, too. Nadu kind of didn't have a ton of relevance. He's grinded in his space and, you know, done a good job making a life for himself. That's awesome. But Barstool really, in Rico specifically, elevated his stature, you know, just Rico hating him. He was like, hey, I'm going to latch on to that. And boom, Rodrigo to Barstool and to Dave having a love-hate relationship with Nadu. So I kind of saw opportunity 
I was like, okay, for no reason whatsoever, I'm doing nothing but trying to shed light on small and mid-major basketball. There's no reason there should be any hate there. He unnecessarily tweets about me being annoying or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I see this as opportunity. Thanks for putting my name in your mouth. I'm going to use you to create a rivalry. Dave seems to love these rivalries. And I am going to outwork you and be bigger in the college basketball space than you. Maybe not right now, but eventually. And so I just saw an opportunity. Um, but if he were to ever apologize, I'd work along. I'd, I'd work with him. But it was just the um, unnecessary hate that came out of nowhere that I'm going to say, OK, I'll fight back. <laughs> totally. Because I thought you, you did an incredible job on the yak. First off, when he asked how the college when Big Cat asked you how the college basketball content is without knocking one saying, hey, it can be improved. And like he said, probably time and time again, they hate so much when someone comes in and is like, oh, well, this person sucks. This is what I do. And you did a great job of not going for any of it. It was, hey, I have my own content. This is what I'm trying to do. Elevate that. And so I think from a standpoint of um, I don't think you're trying to get in the mud. And it turned into now, all right, well, it, it just kind of maybe it's brought some more eyeballs onto it. But those eyeballs, like you said, can just put more eyeballs on the content that you're trying to create and 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 hopefully a good end result there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a little bit of if you get in the mud, are you dragging yourself down with it? Maybe there's some people that think so or, or wouldn't want to see it. Um, but maybe that's just the worst part of what's inside me. Just the competitor in me can't can't help myself. You, you disrespect me. I'm going to come back at you. <laughs> Bart, I mean, Ian and I have been doing this podcast for years. Um, you know, we both of us have experience in in basketball. Um, whether it's coaching or working for startups or whatever it is. But like Barstool's had an interesting relationship with college basketball because it's always because th this is the way I take it. I'm not going to go like Ian and I have had our our we've I've tweeted this like I, my opinions out there of what I think about college basketball coverage at Barstool. But my, where my brain goes is not to the individual. It's to Dave like Dave to me sees college basketball as an as a niche sport which it is and he treats it that way so he doesn't really invest in like like he could go get you know name somebody like he could go get somebody from cbs or from espn or like could you imagine if like rothstein joined or something like that like <laughs> oh i don't necessarily gosh. think yeah. that's the right fit but like he could go do that like get snap your name. fingers and he and he right. hasn't and so it's interesting to see then like who they put because it's always like someone does this really well and then they like put them on college basketball and it's like, ugh, like I don't want to listen to them. You know, like I, and you know, I think Marty with um, Hunter Dickinson and um, who else is it? Jordan. Bohannon. Bohannon. Bo like, like that's cool because you get the player's point of view, but, but then that's, that's the podcast. It's not Marty, right? It's okay. Let me, I want to hear what Hunter has to say about beating whoever, right? Like, yeah, so <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I think you got a, uh, interesting lane here and an interesting approach where of course betting is like king at barstool i mean it's it's that's right 90 percent of their content at this point but if you can bring like knowledge some background some different perspectives especially on small and mid-major basketball so we're not talking about like duke kentucky and carolina all the time that that right. could be big that that's that's kind of my thought process as well and, and you know I'm in this to pursue Barcelona the most because of what I said at the beginning. They were kind of who kickstarted the passion. Um, and 
I believe they do such a good job 94% of the time of coming across as genuine, transparent, honest. And that's what I try to do in my content. That's why I thought it'd be a perfect fit. Um, now, if, you know, we get to this point and it's March 12 or we're getting close to it and they still haven't pursued me, they don't think what I'm doing is valuable, enough people are. I, I will go elsewhere if that if that's the case. But I'm still wanting to give them the chance of, you know, Guys, I think this is a great idea to latch on to. I mean, now, just in what I've seen from what Big Cat has done, and I, I don't resent them whatsoever. I'm eternally thankful. They kickstarted my career just by Big Cat saying, hey, come up on the yak. I, I picked up 10,000 followers nearly overnight <laughs> just because of the Big Cat bump. So I am forever thankful for that. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm starting to get reached out to by athletic directors, by directors of operations, things like that, that see how I represent the school that I'm cheering for. And especially in these smaller leagues where they're never cared about to begin with, mm -hmm. those schools want to feel cared about. They want to feel represented. They want to be seen, feel heard. And I think I'm playing a very, very small role in helping do that. But I think there's very big potential there because of that. And I think Barstool, and who knows, maybe there's some inner workings behind the scenes, but I think they'd be silly to not, have me yeah we don't it. disagree um all right man <laughs> let's uh let's talk hoops a little bit what are your thoughts on uh the the season so far any surprises bold predictions what are you thinking yeah so this has made it interesting over the last 20 days used to i'm watching <laughs> you know college basketball four or five games a day just flipping through espn plus or what's on the tv whatever and then many more on a saturday i am not getting to watch anywhere near as much college basketball over the last three weeks so I feel like my opinion on college basketball as a whole it should mean way less than what it did before. But it's nice to see these teams in person. I feel like these teams I have seen in person, I do know well. Um, in terms of the landscape as a whole, I'm just stunned at, as to th that there's not – one of these teams is going to be a national champion? Yeah. I mean, that's what? How that's how we what feel. there doesn't great that's a great a way to surprise it it's wild it, it yeah wild. there doesn't seem to be a single team that i even think like oh yeah you're final four yeah i don't even see that so it will be interesting to see over feb you know as we're getting into mid-january over late january and early february will a team start to be like okay they're dominant and i know we've got houston but even at times they don't look ridiculously impressive and how challenged are you going to be in the american versus when you're needing to play two three four seeds whatever in the pursuit of a national title so that's been my biggest takeaway of the college basketball season so far we are going to have to crown a national champion and nobody even looks like a final four team i mean yeah. is this is this the year and i say this every year ian can attest that I promise after March, after the Sweet 16, when Gonzaga and Purdue let me down and ruin my bracket, I say, that's it. I go, I will not bet on them again. And now here I am thinking, well, shit, who else am I going to bet? I mean, it's Purdue. Like, I have to yeah. pick Purdue. Like, I don't know, man. I, I agree with you, though. The You know, if it, like the, the stat came out um, literally today that, you know, first time since 1960 that Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky haven't been ranked. Like, that when the star power isn't there, it doesn't feel as good. And like, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't mean that other teams can't shine because we're seeing that to your point. Like, Houston's really good, Alabama's really good, Purdue's really good. But yeah. 
it just doesn't feel the same, you know? Like the the teams at the to, to your point, the teams up at the top, Purdue's Tennessee's, it's like, okay, we've seen this story before. We've seen this <laughs> film before. You you're you're going to underperform. The the Carson Edwards year was an exception. That was absolutely special. Them to get yep. the Elite Eight and they should have gotten to the final four, if not for heroics by Virginia. But Outside of that, we see you guys underperform time and time again. Tennessee, Rick Barnes, you're gonna, you aren't gonna make a second weekend. We know this, no matter what you're seeing. <laughs> so it's like, are you guys really serious this year? I, I can't fall for it. And then the one blue blood that's that's shining the best, Kansas. It's like, okay, you guys are significantly worse than your national title team. Yeah, can you really win a national title w- with this new team? They're still very good. Don't get me wrong. But that's not the team that won the national championship. They have, so it's it, six of the eight, six of their weird. eight rotation guys are brand new. It's it's a completely <laughs> yeah. different team. Yeah, it is so weird. In it, Alabama, it, I I love watching them. I love Nate Oates, but I do not believe that's a style of play conducive for winning six straight when you're that reliant on the three ball and essentially eliminate the mid range game. I get what he's saying on you know game by game. Maybe we're going to be better playing this way. But college basketball is about consistency. It's not the NBA where we just got to be the better team four or seven nights. It is about consistency. And you can't play, in my opinion, that three-point or layup style basketball and, and win six straight when it counts in the NCAA tournament. So until he changes that style, no matter how good Alabama looks in the non-conference, or sorry, in, in the regular season, yeah. I won't believe in a national title playing that way. It's crazy to think about. It. I think it lends itself almost perfectly to what you're doing and trying to finding Cinderella because when we say this every year, like because of the parody and because of just how we are college basketball, there could be more upsets. There could be more thus far in all those spots. And I think I know what you're leaning towards. Have you, do you feel confident you found this year's Cinderella or a Cinderella team? I would be shocked if I haven't seen a team that at least wins a game. I, I would be stunned in, in the teams I could name off Colgate. They're, uh, you know, oh, yeah. kind of my, the, the team I've attached myself most to, I've gone to four of their games. They just shoot the ball so ridiculously well, play so unselfishly together and are so together as a team. That's, that is what's been really neat over 23 games is seeing the teams where it's like, okay, that team's not cohesive. They're not together. Together, when they're coming to the bench when things aren't great they they are not looking together at all i've watched colgate at their highest highs beating loyola maryland 101 to 67 i also watched them give up a 20-0 run and watching their demeanor giving up that 20-0 run being down 18 coming back and still winning by 14 i was incredibly impressed by that they're veteran they're poised and they can shoot the hell out of the basketball dayton very talented i know they weren't playing great with kobe elvis and malachi smith but I can't believe that they won't be better when those guys get back from injury. That's a team that no one wants to see. Marshall, Tavion Kinsey, oh, yeah. the pro. He's unbelievable. Their offense is so fun. Andy Taylor, although streaky, when he gets going, God, they are tough. Um, I loved UNC Greensboro. I had a good time with them. Mm-hmm. They, they are guys that, you know, are, um, I mean, they weren't projected to be great in the SOCON. Furman thought to run that league this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be stunned if they win the SOCON. They defensively hook up. They play with a chip on their shoulder. The coaching staff seemed to coach like those guys have a chip on their shoulder. I enjoyed watching them. 
trying to think of a couple others that I feel like I Bradley Bradley I know they just mm. got thumped by Drake Drake's like the most inconsistent team in the country it's crazy but Bradley defensively they just do not have to score very many points to win basketball games they're another team I could see being Cinderella Iona once they get healthy and then I think that's about my list of top teams I think could be a Cinderella I love it. I love it. And I think I I was hoping you were going to bring up Colgate because the fact that like you look at these past Matt Langle teams, they've done well. They've almost gotten over the hump in the tournament. I think they lost to Tennessee in 19. They lost to Wisconsin last year. Our metrics wise, their metrics are even better this year than they've been in other years. So I think uh, 100% totally on the Colgate train as well. What would you say outside of the team? I think I, I, I probably know where you're going to go with this. What has been the best environment um, that you've been in so far? Uh, outside of what you say, I have an well, I have an assumption. Oh, okay. I, have, I think I know what you where you're going to go, but I'm curious. <laughs> it's Dayton. It's Dayton, yeah. and it's not close. <laughs> I mean, they hooked it. They hooked you up with a whole package, man. They did. That's what was un. So back to the people's in, in their niceness. That's what's been unbelievable in this. Like I said at the beginning of this journey, I thought I was going to have to cheer for the road team. Because I could be able to sit behind the bench of where, you know, there, there are seats available. Now, with the exposure of the yak and things like that, pretty much I've got a follower at near every school, you know. So when I tweet out, hey, I'm going to this game, someone there comes up and says something or knows me or will offer to get a ticket and, and hook me up. So that has changed things to where now I can start going to some mid-major venues that I thought for sheer attendance numbers alone got to X them off. Dayton was one that I did not have on the list because they sell out every game. I'm not yeah. going to be able to get a good seat there. I'd have to pay a ton for it if I were to. So for them to go out of their way and help me out, but it also, I'm incredibly thankful for, but it also just goes to show you how these schools want to be represented. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. wanting someone to come there, cheer for them, put out a two minute video that says, Hey, look at this environment that we have. Look at this team that we have. They're fun to watch and get some exposure, Dayton has no doubt been the best, and I don't see any way they're going to be topped. <laughs> it is it is crazy, and I think people and people realize, I mean, there's a reason that the first four has been played there, and it's there is such a basketball culture, and UD yeah. Arena is special, um, and I think probably even as on top of that, one of the best representations as well is in the summer, in the TBT tournament, they pack that place like it's a regular season game too, so a lot of yeah. passionate fans, a lot of loyal fans, um, and, and it makes total sense. What would you say? I'm curious from – obviously, we've got our Cinderella's. What's maybe the team that you think maybe, – maybe it's a year away. Maybe it's, it's a young team. There's some promise. Maybe they're, they're not ready right now, but you say, hey, there's, there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of potential there. What are maybe some of that, that next tier that, that you've seen? You know, I wish I wish I had an answer for you, and I wish I better knew what years these players were that I'm yelling <laughs> for. But I've I've been to so many games, and I'm doing so many different things. Where I'm the film guy, I'm the edit guy. Yeah. I'm planning my next trip. I'm looking into the future. What's a good place to go three, four days down the road? That um, some of the details I, I'm probably not as caught up in as I need to be. So and I probably I'm set you there. up for failure too, just because. No, the you're okay. You're okay. Probably, the transfer portal is probably going to take half those kids away to a different <laughs> school next year, anyway. Yes, so. exactly. But no, I, I want to address something that you said there. 
people, I think there's a misconception that the transfer portal has hurt small and mid-major college basketball. For your teams that are at the bottom of the small and mid-major that had an individual that was exceptional, absolutely the transfer portal hurts them. When they have a guy that averages 21, but their team was 500 or worse in the conference, and they go to a power six, that coach is getting killed. But these Colgate-like situations where you have a team that's, no, we're all going to stay together with one another. We, we don't want to go anywhere. We're loving playing ball together here. Because there's so much less continuity, those teams now have a bigger advantage. And you're even seeing some of the teams like in Iona, for example, granted they've got Rick Patino, but able to lure in double figure scores at power six that either were on a bad power six team or circumstantially wish they played more, wish they were a bigger star. And they're totally. excited about going to think about averaging 20 at a New Mexico state at, you know, something like that. Yeah. So I think up at the top of small and mid-major, the transfer portal has helped the top of small and mid-major college basketball. And I think we're just going to even see more upsets in the NCAA tournament because of that as we go forward. That's awesome. No, and I couldn't agree more. What I'm curious, I don't know if you have anything earmarked now. Paul and I are both Mac guys. We're both Ohio Bobcats. Paul was lucky to be part of the 09. Um, You're both Ohio Georgetown. Bobcats. Yeah, we got to get you to Ohio, man. The, I Dude, was part I... lucky to be part of the 2012 team in Sweet 16. Both That's was obviously Islam. Awesome. Where do you have anywhere in the Mac that you're planning on going? Um, and 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 where could that potentially be? Yeah, I've got to get to the Mac. What's tough about the Mac in terms of a Cinderella is there a conference that you know has got four or five teams that are real similar up at the top? Yep, Toledo, Kent State, Akron, Ohio. And I, I was high on them going into the year. I love Ball State, I, I yeah. like what Ball State's doing. Um, I went to Eastern Michigan Bowling Green essentially just to see, um, you know, Amani. But no, I planned on going to Ohio Kent State Friday. I'm sorry I was going to be on Kent State. But <laughs> hey, no, that I, probably I went was a to smart Dayton play instead. <laughs> it was a smart play. And yeah. it's, the one thing I'll say about the Mac and will Paul can test this as well. In Ohio specifically, I will. They, the Mac is just. If there's one game, honestly, I think I could probably recommend it might be Kent State Akron. And, and, and of all those, in terms of rivalry, in terms of the top tier teams, that, even year. though I, even though they're both bitter rivals, that would probably be the one matchup that I would, uh, I would, dude, I, would I should, you're absolutely right. I need to go to that game. Yes. Paul. And I think, we, and we can, and, and obviously, and on our end, we've got a, a few connections. We're more than happy to help. I was going to say, we got a couple. However, James Madison. However we can. Delaware. Okay. Ohio U. Where else? <laughs> Youngstown. We got a, we got, we got a couple hookups. At the level. Yeah. So we'll, we got we'll you. Make it happen. We got Perfect. you. Perfect. Um, all right, man. We got our final two questions for you. So the first one is give us your final four. I know it's January 16th. Oh, wait, we have three yeah. questions. Did you officially quit your job? Today was supposed to be the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually sent in my letter of resignation today, but I'd had I'd had the combo with my boss on Friday. So he was wearing what was funny. Like I didn't think he was a social media guy at all. And he's not, he's not. But of course, it had gotten big enough where others had shown him. So he had already seen me say that I was quitting on the Barstool Yak. So that was kind of a funny conversation. But he's an incredible man, an incredible man, incredible mentor. So um, 
yeah, it's tough to say bye, but uh, very excited for the future. Yes, I have quit my job. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Uh, congrats. That's that Thank is you. fantastic. All right, last two questions. Give us your final four, and then um, you, and then the last question is: You got the green light for a hot take. Hot take can be about anything; doesn't have to be about basketball. Oh, it can that's be awesome. about uh, you know, green places, light for a hot take. That's whatever awesome. you got. So, final four, oh, and, then, uh, takes, and then and then hot take. Okay, <laughs> and it won't be basketball related. It was one I made last night. Um, so this the for the final four, as I just mentioned before, I am not <laughs> watching as much college basketball. So in particularly the power six level because of this dedication to the small and mid major. I am going to say Virginia. Tony Bennett. I know. I know that's crazy. (laughs) Them bringing everybody back. You give Tony Bennett a second year of his same roster. He's going to make it work. I think And and they, you know, obviously they play amongst the slowest basketball in the country. Uh, I'll go Tony Bennett out of the ACC in Virginia. I'll go Kansas. I mean, I was I had them fifth going into the preseason, but given the lack of of what lack of dominance from anyone else, I thought Gonzaga would be better. I thought, you know, even Houston may be a little bit more dominant. North Carolina, Kentucky, I thought those two would be better. Give me Kansas there just because no one else has stepped up. Houston Houston may be our national champion. I'm a little bit worried about both Houston and Gonzaga. Now, Houston has a way of they dominate their style of basketball. They impose it on you, no matter who they're playing. Um, Whereas Gonzaga, we watched them get punched in the mouth in that national title game against Baylor. I think not playing athleticism uh, or the athleticism that you see in a Big 12, uh, a bigger conference over the course of those couple months really hurts them. So that could impact Houston, but God, I love how they play and how Co- Coach Hampson coaches them. Virginia, Kansas, Houston. Is this going to be the year, Purdue? I mean, God, the, the big thing. I, I know they underperform so much, but Zach Eady, they had just a weird structure last year with having him and Travion, where they yep. could both only play them 20. Yep. Now they just had a gutsy, gutsy 20. road win at Michigan State. So yep. Yes, now – when he can play 28, 30 minutes, you know Coach Painter can coach offense. God, maybe it's Purdue. So that's a good I'm four. clearly not confident, and I just came up with it. But Purdue, Virginia, Kansas, and Houston is my final four. That's a good four. I like that's it. a good four. And then, Let's and then a hot take. take. This is a very hot take. So I think, <laughs> I think we would be putting – and maybe a bad take to have on Martin Luther King Day. I just thought of this. But I think we need to be putting Macklemore in, in, in a goat-tier status of, of rapper, and here's why. I think he was simply ahead of his time. He was rapping about things back then in 2012. First off, Thrift Shop, horrendous idea. Horrendous <laughs> idea. Whoever on his team told him to do that, people thought he's like Lonely Island Boys. Like he's a comedic rapper, you know? And don't listen to the back stuff of his album. When he makes same love, if he makes same love in 2019 instead of 2012, he, he's, he's heroic. It, when he was rapping about social injustices and racial inequality and things like that in 2012, police brutality, it wasn't just mainstream then. If he had done it in 2019, the guy would be massive, massive. He was seven years too early. Macklemore w- would, would be among goats. But because Incredible. he was seven years too early, he's not. That's my hot take. That's Incredible. the hottest take that we've ever had <laughs> yeah. on the green light. And I think it's because partly you got the same cut 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You got that same yeah. cut that Macklemore had. I think it's. I think that's part of it. Yes. No. People. Someone said in a mean comment. A troll said something. Uh, something about like I look like I came out of Macklemore's vagina or something like that. So maybe that's part of what I thought about. Um, what a way to end made me think yeah, about that's that. a good. That's a good way to end it, man. Listen, bro. We appreciate you coming on. This has been amazing. Good luck tonight. Um, good luck the rest of the way. Lately I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you working for. Certain doors are closed but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, lust, rustles up next and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.